0: Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves Podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. So I am here today to talk to you around pivoting. So I've spoken to lots of people over the last few weeks who have decided on a new concept. I I do tend to speak to a lot of people who they've created a concept and they're a bit like, now, what, what next? I think the influx of this has obviously been that people are having to reassess how they work, how they meet their customers' needs because of all that's been going on with lockdown and the coronavirus. And so people are in that position where they are like, right, okay, I need to do something different. I need to take my skills, my service online. Where do I start? What do I do? So lots of people have come to me saying, well, I've got this concept, I've done this thing. But then it's just like, where do I go from here? Which is great. And I love, love getting involved with these sorts of things. Annoyingly, what I tend to do is take them back a few steps uh, and, um, and and look at actually um, what have they done so far. Some people are amazing and they get involved with their ideal clients and they create these things together and they've done so much market research that, you know, it, an incredible amount of market research, potentially, you know, more than they needed to do. Whereas other people come and they've they've literally created something in isolation. They've been sat in their house and they've come up with this idea. They may have run it past friends or family, but they that those friends and family aren't their ideal customers and, and they're ready to roll with it unfortunately I do get to speak to people who have gone a little bit too far down the line websites have been created platforms have been created I spoke to I worked with one person a couple of years ago now who had created an entire platform they'd spent over £18,000 on a website for something that actually hadn't been tested in the form that they were looking at doing it in and the number one thing I would say Lockdown, no lockdown. Coronavirus, no coronavirus. Would be to test as cheaply as possible your concept before putting anything behind it, any resources behind it, and you know too much time behind it. So, so what I do when I get people to to sort of take a step back is, you know, look first of all whether that that idea come from and where did it originate from, who was involved, how well do you know the customer for this product you know actually personally i've been (laughs) i've done something very similar where um you know i looked at an opportunity and i thought yeah this is a really great opportunity it was one of our startups and you know you can get yourself very much into groupthink if the two of you or a group of you are thinking this is a great idea you look for you know you have cognitive bias and you look for uh, examples of where you're right um and where that need is there and and you discount the the information that's out there about how it's not right and actually this doesn't go for individual people you've got organizations which have come up with that a recent pepsi ad which was actually quite racially offensive you know people had sat there and decided that that was okay you know there's there's loads of things where people lose that sense of actually what's normal what's appropriate because they're in that group setting and you can get super, super carried away with ideas. And, you know, I, I regularly speak to people who, you know, have potentially done that. They've potentially run away with a concept and looked for examples of, of how that's backed up. Uh, I, was privy, I was a product manager for a product a few years ago now, and they had spent a lot of money researching. There were some major flaws in the research, which had been done actually by an agency who were used to doing research. And they hadn't, you know, they totally overestimated the value of the market, the size of the market, the size of demand for this product. And I was, as the product manager, was in a position where I was supposed to bring this to fruition and somehow generate this income that they were looking at. And, you know, it was scary. And when you looked through the research, you know, the fundamental problem that they had was they'd gone and spoken to a group of people and then they'd interviewed in more depth the people who were engaged and interested in this and out of that had come requirements that were very unique to specific clients customers and actually weren't needed across the board they'd slowed the process up it was just absolutely insane and you could see this this sort of wild goose chase that that they as an organization they'd gone on based on the information provided by these customers which turned out to be you know a really small pocket of a much bigger customer base And so, you know, it's always important if people are against what you're saying, if they're not interested, they are as important, if not more important than the people who are going, yes, please let me buy it. Because if you can understand how it doesn't tick the box, then you can potentially tick more boxes. Or you can actually get an understanding of, of where other people might be with with what you're offering and what challenges you're likely to come up against. If you can solve those problems, if you can address those needs, then you're going to be in a much stronger position. You're going to have much stronger barriers to entry of somebody coming in and doing better than you. When you look at products that are created where, you know, you've got the market leader, the first person into the market and, you know, and they they take up that demand and then something comes in better. And that's something that something comes in better because it's able to look at the concept, and think, you know what, that's a really decent concept. How can I do it better? Like that is literally, you know, the process that people take. And they look at where actually, where is its strengths, where its weaknesses, and where they can, um, you know, plug those gaps with those weaknesses. So, you know, plug your own gaps, people. So, anyway, I've gone a little bit off piece there. So let's get back to it. You know, you've got a concept, you've got an idea. Um, in this scenario, um, you know lots of people it's because they've pivoted and they've looked at their skill sets and figured out how they can take it digitally how they can take it online so you know looking at the audience how well do you know that audience how accessible is that audience to you um, you know when I say accessible how many people who are that audience do you know um, how many people can you get in front of or do you have connections that can get you in front of more people you know, your audience is as important as your product, and um, it's more important actually, I'm gonna go that far, because, you know, understanding your audience, understanding who they are and where they're at, you can adapt a product, you can look to add things to it um, to, to meet their needs and to meet their needs more. I'm um, going out there and just being like, this is what I've got, who wants it, is, is not the best way to go. Um creating something in isolation is not the best way. So, what was the response when you ran your ideal customer? So. When you said, you know, I've got this online course, for example, um, you know, what was their response? If you've tested it, what was their feedback? Um, if you haven't tested it, why haven't you tested it? Um, you know, why haven't you got your ideal customer using it? Um, if only to get testimonials. If you can get testimonials of somebody going, this is amazing. That is so strong when it comes to marketing. It's so much better than going, I have this widget. For this somebody to be going, this widget is amazing. You want to buy it. People can relate to it. You can tell stories through it you know, it just brings your product offering alive. Of course, you're going to say your product is damn good. But to get somebody else to say it to get, you know, the more people you get to say it, the more likely it is that actually it's true. And that that person looking at your marketing, looking at your messaging would also experience that same scenario. So always always worth doing testing even if it's just for the testimonials um always get my clients to get a video as well as a written testimonial if at all possible people don't like video so you just get them I get them on a zoom call and then go right so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask you a few questions as a bit of a testimonial I haven't had anybody refuse at that point when somebody has to do it off their own back when they have to set up things and record things that's when they are less inclined to do it So another question that I want to know before we even think about marketing is what's your price point and where did that come from? Um, You know, how is it derived? What information did you use to derive it? Now, I will come on to pricing and being confident about pricing in one of my future podcasts. But we know what I would say at this point is that if someone's going to be difficult with you, you want to know your stuff. So confidence comes from knowledge and practice. So, you know, being able to say to somebody... Actually, the reason why I charge this is because of X, Y and Z is a really strong thing to be able to to know that you've got that in your toolkit, to know that if somebody challenges you, you can come straight out with it. Uh, So always make sure that you are basing your price on something. Okay, when all these bases are covered, so all those questions are covered, all that is fine and dandy. That's when you then start to look at selling the product. So getting it out there, increasing awareness, selling to your ideal customer. Um, until those things are in place, you are putting yourself on a back foot. You are making your life difficult. Um, I was editing. <laughs> it's it's a long process. Um, it was very easy to to do the initial draft of my uh, book Much harder to do the editing of the initial draft. But I was talking about. Uh, looking at your product and getting it out there to your ideal customers so you know actually building up a network increasing people's awareness of you and what you do that all takes time that all takes effort you can increase your network by pay traffic And paid traffic is obviously an element of what we do on a regular basis when I'm working in full spectrum within the sales side of things. I tend to work with clients on organic reach, so it's purely organic growth. You know, as an organisation, we have ourselves grown to six figures using organic marketing. I know so many other companies. I've been involved with so many other companies that have done that too. And so, you know, it's not around having to throw loads of resources, loads of finances at things. But if you haven't got those finances, if you haven't got those resources, then it is about parting with the time. So it's either time or money. Time, uh, money can fast track it. Time. Is, is a case of you know plugging away doing that commitment day in day out and consistency the key thing here is is getting out speaking to people you're not going to convert everybody so again i'm going to come on to this in a future podcast but you know it's all around when you're coming to selling a product when you're coming to selling an offering is increasing awareness making people aware of what you do and then from there ideally they can get onto a call if your if your product is you know a couple of hundred plus then you're looking at potentially converting them on the phone below that price point and you know a landing page should be sufficient if they're sufficiently bought in but people have to be pre-sold and and what i was talking around when i was working on my book last night was pre-selling people putting in that effort so those people are ready and willing to buy so you know without that pre-selling your heart it's it's really really hard work without this background of stuff without having those resources you're just giving yourself A really uphill battle. So, you know, the elements of the audience and their response and having testimonials are all going to help you to pre sell your customers before you get them onto a call, which makes your life so much easier. You can be the best salesperson in the world, but if you haven't had that pre sell in there, you know, it can be a struggle. You are making your life harder. Equally, if you're not getting the leads through, so you're not getting the interest because you haven't got that big enough audience. It's a numbers game, you're not going to convert everybody who inquires and so it's really important that you, know, you are in a position where you're bringing through that volume so that that numbers game can work in your favour and you can get the conversions that you need on a weekly and monthly basis so that sort of top line that's what i talked around to people what i talk around to people when they approach me having created something new if you're out there and you've chosen to pivot and you've chosen a different approach for your skill set then you know please do um, pop into my group where there's you know there's lots of conversations at the moment around sales and selling to new customers or customers in a different way thanks for listening happy selling thanks for listening to the selling without sleeves podcast if you enjoyed this episode please head over to itunes or stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review it's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it